Hello to everyone, and the Lord be with you all. I, I want to begin something this week. Uh, it's uh, commonly called the Sermon on the Mount. Sometimes I wish they wouldn't title things like that. Jesus didn't. He just chatted with his disciples. But for the want of a better one, the Sermon on the Mount, and specifically, for now anyway, we're doing those first verses which again have been given a name, which sometimes is a put-off. They're called the Beatitudes. That sounds terribly holy. And um, we miss the point of what they're about in so doing. And I, I want to take the next number of weeks doing each one of them and seeing how they so wonderfully apply to our life. Uh, I did this... Um, ay ay. It was back in the 1970s. Work that one out. Um, and, and I still believe everything I said back in the 1970s. But I have a lot of knowing the Lord that has passed under my bridge since then. And I want to bring to this study everything I have come to know of what Jesus was saying here uh, in the last, what, 50-some years of my walking with him. And so this is um, a return to something we've done uh, those decades ago, but coming with the freshness of where I sit this evening. And so I want to read the whole passage. It's probably the last time I'll do that, um, because I want to give an overview Tonight, I just want to sort of fly our plane low over it and see the whole layout of what Jesus is seeking to do here. So it's Matthew chapter 5. When he saw the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. That's just an important point that this was not something he preached to the multitudes. He went off away from the multitudes to speak privately with his disciples. This is what he is putting into them, truth that is going to transform these lives of those that are beginning to get a grasp of who he is. Verse 2, opening his mouth, he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you, say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the, and if the salt has lost its taste, it's tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing more except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. I'll leave it there because it begins to become something else. But, but that, that's it. We're going to spend weeks there. And it could well be that as we read it, it, it raised questions. Good. You'll be ready when we come to it. I just want to ask the question, what is Jesus doing here? He, he is speaking specifically to his disciples, and he is bringing them into an understanding of what he is here to do. He tells them right at the get-go that this is the way of the kingdom of God. And of course, these were good Jewish boys, 
and they had their own concepts of what the prophecies of the Old Testament meant by the kingdom of God. Uh, the bottom line is they saw it as a geography. It, it would be, be like the, you'd have borders. This is the kingdom of God. And it meant they would ha have big wars and they would overcome all of the Romans and so on and so on. But Jesus is showing them and us that the kingdom of God is within us. It's a state of life. It, it is a state of being. It, it, it is not something out there, external. It begins inside of our deepest core. And, and there, uh, we, we are grounded in Jesus this is the Old Testament hope of the kingdom of God, that which begins by changing us at our foundation, in the very basement of our soul. Jesus came to do just exactly that. And so he dismantles here their expectancy of an external kingdom, and he replaces it with the truth, which is a kingdom that is within us and empowered by the Holy Spirit, a kingdom that is actually fulfilled in Jesus himself, and a kingdom that is actually communicated to us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's going to take weeks to say that, but I just said it. Um, Jesus is calling us into his world. Now, th think about what I just said. Jesus is not sitting there with that deadpan look on his face and a boring tone to his voice and just giving little snippets that you can put on your, your bedroom wall. No, Jesus is drawing these men and us into the life that Jesus lived. Okay, can you understand? This is the life that Jesus lived for 30 plus years in Nazareth. He lived it as teenager, as young man. And now at 30-something, Jesus is sharing with us. He lays out before us. This is the life that he has and is presently living. And therefore, the kingdom of heaven, he is telling us, is not something future. It's not remote in some forever. He uses all the way through here the present tense, that this kind of person he's describing now is present tense, in the kingdom of God. You know, one thing, and I'll say this sort of a, a, as an aside, but one thing that is destroying the company of believers, especially in the West, is this idea that eternal life is something in the remote future. In fact, uh, you have to die to get it, you say. Uh, you die and go to heaven, they tell us. Uh, and that, that destroys it. You see, that might be, it might be exciting the first night you, you sort of say yes to that. But after a while, there's an awful lot of living to do before you die and start this thing called eternal life. Whereas the very word eternal, it, it means a forever that is now in this moment, the very life of God lived in us in this micro-moment in which we find ourselves. It's not something tomorrow or in the forevers, but is the forever that has now come into this moment. The only life that is forever, God life, is now being lived inside our human life. That's the explosion of joy and the glory of God that we call the gospel. Um, and, and that's why I believe every one of these statements begins with this word blessed or blessed. Um, and and it comes from a whole family of words that could be translated as bless or blessing. The Bible is full of them. Um, but this one would 
indicate the, the, the person who lives in a state of blessing. You, you understand? It isn't they got blessed or something happened and they said, well, that was a blessing. No, this is a person whose state of being is that they are blessed. You get it? It's the way they are. It's their lifestyle. It's their attitude toward life. They are blessed persons. One in the state of blessing. So hold hold that in mind. I'll refer to it later, of course, but just hold it there. You see, the subject of blessing fills the Scripture. And I, I think many today have really lost what the word means. We, we say bless very casually. I mean, you sneeze and someone says, God bless you. And, and it, it's the first thing that little children learn in praying to bless mommy and bless daddy and bless... Um, the trouble is we carry that on with us and never get far beyond just saying words like that. It's a very good thing to say as long as you know what you're saying. What, what is blessing? What is it? And as I say, it fills the Scripture. You, you can't take it out. In fact, right from the very beginning, in the first chapter of the Bible, when God created mankind, the first thing it says, He blessed them. So what is blessing? And considering that it fills the, these statements that we've read, um, and that last one, when he comes to persecution, he uses such extravagant words. He says, rejoice, be glad, you're blessed in your being persecuted. You are a blessed person. That's bottom line of what these statements are saying. Then what's the component of a blessing? What are the facets that radiate from a blessed life? As in, it not only fills the Scripture, it's a very big word. I mean, it, it's a very small word, five letters, but um, the, to, to say what it means and, and pick up everything that's throughout the Scripture about it, now that, that's very challenging. But I'll, I'll try because this is the beginning of everything in these verses. So blessed or blessing, what does it mean? I suppose you could say the first component of blessing is joy. Now, don't misunderstand me. We're going to get in a second to everything that it means and produces that. But a blessed person, without knowing anything else about them, you would say they are joyous. That's that's the first thing. It hits you. They are persons that are actually participating in the joy of God. Now, there's a statement. A blessed person is someone who is participating in the joy of God. Therefore, one would have to translate it as, what shall I say, a great joy. An amazing joy, an amazing delight. It is a joy, in fact, that is to be envied. I believe that's how the Amplified New Testament translates it. It's it's to be envied. For, For a person to have such a joy, they become the envy of their neighbors, even though their neighbors might not say it. And sometimes that envy doesn't look too nice. But that's a fact. They'd give anything to have that kind of joy. It's it's an endowment. You see, that now we're getting to how how it is. The the word means that you have been endued. You know what that that word I mean it's like someone putting something completely over you only we're speaking of your inner self and so someone is clothing you on the inside you are being okay another word energized 
God, the Holy Spirit, supernatural power, energizing you for effective living, living that works. You are empowered. You are favored would be another word. You're you're favored with God's gift of ability to be a successful human being. And by that, I don't mean that you come first in everything. Uh, I, I mean that you are successful in terms of your own person. You're successful as you put your hand to do and, and in the words you speak. You, you know, the book of Proverbs talks about the wise man and the fool. And the wise man is a blessed person. He is someone that is not trying to figure out life by himself. But the lover creator God has actually come to live within him. And that changes everything. It empowers the entire person which ultimately affects my outward life, it affects even my possessions, because this power, this ability, this favor, according to Scripture, would even affect our livestock. It, it affects how vegetables grow in our garden. It affects, it's like a, an aura of God's glory that is around us, affecting everything that we touch and every person we meet in some way or another. In fact, the Psalms, David described this as, well, in our Bibles, uh, regular Bibles, it says, you, you are a shield about me. But the original could better be translated as that, that you are a wraparound shield. That is, there, there is a shield all the way around me. Yeah, oh, that, so that 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 means not only wisdom, but it means creativity. You come alive. Your brain wakes up. You you just don't go to work like a slug. You 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 go with with creativity and a divine excitement, and it, it opens up your work as being the place, the arena where you meet with God throughout the day. In fact, it, it shows persons who are able to do what they can't do. Have you ever shared your mundane work with the Holy Spirit? Because he knows far more about it than you, and he knows some awfully fun stuff you could do. Um, that's what this is. It's, it is recognizing the presence of God in every detail of life, and they're discovering a wake-up, a, a creativity, a fruitfulness, a bringing forth beyond what would be the normal. Yes, this is, I'm almost quoting directly from, from the Scripture here. It, it affects your provision, and it describes going to the grocery store in the blessing of God. It's amazing what you find. And it describes cooking in the kitchen in the blessing of God. Provision, protection, divine care. Can I heap words one on top of another? And so some have translated this as being supremely fortunate. You bet you are. You're participating in the highest and the real good. And it is true and abundant prosperity, but a prosperity, remember, that begins in your core being, a prosperity of divine love inside of you and kindness and gentleness and goodness and long-suffering in you. That's the beginnings of real prosperity. And, and it really comes down to words like you live in contentment in fulfillment. And maybe one of my favorite words, though it isn't used very much these days, is living in bliss. This, this is the blessed man and woman, and, and Jesus is describing, this is how he lived, and he's now telling us the components and the facets of such a life. Blessing 
You can only be blessed by God. That seems pretty obvious, but uh, the idea that you can just go around uh, seeing yourself as um, I'm a blessed person, you you really, you know, you've degenerated to the the fellow at the track saying, this is my lucky day. No, uh, only God blesses. Only God can bless. Which means if the presence of God is realized in us, then we are among the unique people of the earth. We are walking in step with our Creator, Lover, Savior God. And, and he, see, when I say let Jesus into my heart, I, I don't mean that he's just got this little corner in, in, inside of me. To let him into your life means your life. So there's not a minute of any day that he doesn't have access to, to fill. So the the people in the Old Testament especially, they would greet one another with the words, the Lord be with you, which may be better understood almost as saying the Lord bees with you, he is with you. It was a statement of faith and fact. But the response, you, you could say, and he's also with you, but many times they responded with, and the Lord bless you, which meant to them, if you say the Lord be with you, or you say the Lord bless you, it's the same thing. It's expanding one upon the other. The presence of God filling your life is the, that's the blessing that we're talking about. And in the New Testament, Jesus is now the blessing come to ultimate fulfillment. And he brings into being a new word, essentially, not not exactly, you'll find it in the Old Testament, but it, it explodes in the New Testament, which is grace. Jesus is full of grace and brings the grace of God to us which means much the same as I've just said. I know that some of you have been raised to think that um, grace means undeserved favor. What a pathetic definition. Grace is blessing on steroids. Grace is the actual presence of God in us through the Holy Spirit who is now enlightening us, opening our eyes to see the invisible world of the glory of God, to see God in all our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to actually know the reality that Christ lives in us. The grace of God, continual blessing, continual grace. And so, as in the Old Testament, they said, the Lord be with you, the Lord bless you. In the New Testament, it says, grace and peace be to you. May the the blessing of the grace and divine peace be ever flowing into your lives. That's that's who you are, you see. Um, And so here, Jesus sums up the life of you and I his disciples, you could say, Um, he sums up the entire life in this word blessed. He he is saying that your life is one uh, of joy beyond description. It's joy that leaves you with your mouth open. And and so he begins all of these statements with this, this word, this rich word, this empowering word of blessing, of the promise of God himself filling your life, and all by grace, gift. That, that's amazing. Because if I left that word out and just talked about these things without the word blessing, it would be, poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. You mourn. Oh, come on, come on. This gets, this gets a, a, a kind of sad and somber list. Begins to look very religious, actually. 
instead of blessed, which means each statement begins with laughter. This is Jesus inviting us into the holy fun of the Holy Trinity to live this incredible life. And to begin with, as you read it, it all sounds backwards, but that's okay, that's okay, because he started out by saying, I'm introducing you to the secret of a joy that is unspeakable, that is beyond human comprehension. Yes, in fact, you know, the word joy is sort of embedded into the Greek word for grace. And so when we say the grace of God, there again, the same as with blessing, you are speaking about a joy that passes all human comprehension. A joy that is embedded in grace, which is the blessing of God that can only be the gift of God. And we are the recipients of his gift. Grace came by Jesus, and here he is explaining to us what these gifted persons look like as they relate to him. Joy, actually, is always associated with the Holy Spirit. Have you noticed this? See, you've got uh, joy can never be thought of as happiness in any way. You know, it's, it's no use saying, well, it was, you know, magnificent happiness or great happiness. No, happiness is a word that belongs to this world and the flesh, and it came into existence after sin. There's no such thing as happiness with God. Happiness, as I've told many of you before, the word comes from our English word hap, which means luck, chance, or fate. And when you are happy, it means that you perceive that the fates and luck is with you. Well, that soon dies away. Happiness actually is a sort of sandwich. It, it begin, One slice of the bread is the pain of not being happy. And then you get, you know, a slice in the middle there of happiness, but it quickly goes away because it can't last, because these haps are always changing. Now, I'm not talking about happiness. God, thank God, I was saved from happiness. Now, joy... Joy is always the gift of God. You can't manufacture joy. Joy doesn't come from what's happening to you. Joy always comes from God, the Holy Spirit. Or you could put it this way. Joy, you'd never think of joy as a thing. Like, like here I've got my New Testament and it's an item. It's a, it's a thing when I have it in my hand. Well, you can't say joy is like that. You can't get joy. Joy is the fruit of the presence of God dwelling within you. That's why it says that the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Fruit grows on the branches of a tree because the branch is part of the tree and because the sap of the tree is flowing through the branch and therefore it produces fruit. And the fruit of God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us is joy. So it doesn't matter the situation. It's not dependent upon haps and luck and chance. And if he says that and she says that and we go there, that's nothing to do with that. Nothing. This is God, the Holy Spirit, who is the artesian well within you of joy. So, A blessed person is independent of circumstances. Or you could say this, (laughs) a blessed person owns his circumstances. You, You see what I mean there? If you don't own the circumstance, the circumstance owns you. It's a very sad thing when when people say that this person or that person, you know, made them angry all day long. You, boy, you're the slave of that person, aren't you? Um, or, or that that person, you know, she makes me sick. Well, that means you belong to that person, and they they lash you with sickness. You, but to own 
the circumstance means it cannot do to you what it might intend to do. You own it, and therefore you as a blessed person, you give your joy, your peace into that situation. You grace that situation with the almighty God energy of grace. You're not dictated to. Your attitude doesn't change because of the circumstance. Your mood does not plummet. You do not depend on a laugh and a smile because of what's happening. Okay. (laughs) So you're in this world, says Jesus, but you're not of it, you see. You're in this world, but you're independent of all its pressures. You're not slave to its fads and its lies, and its false sense of satisfaction. No, you're blessed. Hmm. You know, blessing is portrayed as rain, or there's a lot in the Scripture about the blessing being due. I've, I've talked about that elsewhere, so I won't stay there, but just take Ezekiel thirty four twenty six. It says, I will make them in the places around about my hill a blessing. I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing. Yeah, I know it's, it's highly poetic language, but he is saying that as rain comes, Upon a dust bowl, so the blessing of God comes upon dead, dry, starving lives and causes fruit to come forth. Um, And and as I say, there's a lot about dew, but I don't have the time to go into that, except just to say, have you ever been in dew out here in the hill country of Texas where we live, when we have dew um, it's, I guess you city folk wouldn't experience it. You, you, you walk, and as you walk, you realize the dew is descending. The dew comes always subtly, silently, and you realize now your feet are soaking wet because the dew has filled the grass, and as you walk through, you're getting soaked, and your hair gets wet with the dew, Ah, that's says the scripture. That's that's the blessing of God, an apt picture that as you go through life, you you suddenly become aware of this presence of the love of God that is energizing you for good and opening up a world of creativity and joy in this present moment, and you you hardly noticed. He just slipped into your life, and you realize that you're walking in the dew of his love. Well, as I said before, this is at the beginning of these statements, and it isn't something that's given to them as sort of in a parenthesis. That is, that we had a blessed time this morning, you know, so I guess the blessing isn't there anymore. Um, No, this is describing, the word that is used here describes um, a permanent way of life. This is who the person is. It's their attitude to life. It's not merely a gift that they got and that was it for the day, nor is it a reward after they've done this, that, or the other. It, It is from their inmost spirit their thoughts through their words and their actions, they, they, they are a joyous person. And as I said before, it describes them in these verses in the present tense. It's not one day when, it's not if you do. Rather, or could I put it this way, that these verses are not prescriptions for joy. You're not going to some divine pharmacy to get a prescription filled. No, it's not a prescription. It's a description. It's describing this is who you are, those of you that are in Christ. You, you, you have come to know him. And let me say again, it's very important to realize this. Only God can bless you. <laughs> 
And when God blesses you, nobody can unbless you. Ever thought of that? Um, do you remember Balaam? Um, it's in Numbers 22 and 23. It's a long read, but it's an interesting story. You know the chap who's his donkey turned and talked to him. But that, that's the one. And Balaam had been offered a lot of money if he would come and use his powers to curse Israel. Well, he comes and God will not give him the words to say. And, and basically, to paraphrase a lot of it, God said, I have blessed Israel. And when I have blessed Israel, I don't change my mind. And therefore, it doesn't matter what you say or what all the hosts of hell say, they are blessed and you cannot unbless them. And right in the middle of that, in chapter 23, 19, you've heard this, but that's the context. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken? Will he not make it good? Behold, said Balaam, I have received a command to bless. When he has blessed, then I cannot revoke it. Do you hear that? Because I know some of you are so afraid uh, of the devil bringing curses on you or nasty people bringing curses on you. Oh, please. Oh, please. Do you realize who has blessed you? God, your creator, who became flesh and took you into his very self and carried you through death? then through resurrection and ascension and has seated you in Christ at his right hand. He has blessed you. Do you think some devil power can stop that or reverse it or upset it? No, you are blessed. You're blessed beyond your feelings. You're blessed beyond appearances. You are blessed and nobody can change that. See, we were created to be blessed. Or could I put it this way? A, a normal human being cannot exist without the blessing of God. I, I said it once many years ago, but I really, I would say the same thing again today, um, that humans were created, batteries not included. You see, uh, we, we are incredible creatures, whether I'm putting my brain and thought life under a microscope or whether I'm taking the cells of my body and seeing how I work as a machine. I'm incredible. But I don't truly know what it is to be human without the blessing of God. For we were not created to be independent operatives. We, we, we're not here on earth just to do our own thing. We were created to unite one with our Creator God. And, and life would be this, we call it a dance between us. The, the rhythm of life would be He in me and I in Him. I can't live without His blessing. Nor can you. And, and therefore, that's why it says that living without blessing is not really living. It's, it's called death. You're dead while you live. You, you, you live just to get a salary. You live just to have the biggest house in town. You, you, or if you don't have it, you live to drool and wish you had it. Uh, and, and is that life? Is that life? Oh, he supremely looks after your physical. He blesses you in the grocery store, remember. He blesses your possessions. He's, he's not a tight-fisted miser of a God. Oh, no, but that's not life. That's just where life lives. You see, you are alive when the blessing of God is with you. And so he, he, when God created you, love created you. He didn't make a robot. He meant one that would commune with himself. He made you to fellowship with himself. And so when he created you, he, he did so clothing with blessing. Mankind, we were made to be blessed persons. That would be our state. 
And that's, you see, that's what the serpent came into the Garden of Eden and stole away. That relationship in which God united with us was pouring his blessing into all of our life. That was stolen. It's the curse of the serpent. And ever since then, outside of what Jesus has accomplished, finally and fully, mankind has been under the curse of death in all that he's touched. In all his relationships, there's been that emptiness, that hollowness. It's, and, and even when he got a hold of these truths, he took the life out of them and made them empty shells of religion with no living God in the middle of it. Then Noah came. Remember Noah. Noah what was the one who was told that he would be the one who would ha- had the blessing of God in the tents of Shem. A- and then Abraham, who was the long descendant of Shem, came and the promise was given, Abraham, you are blessed. If you read through the Bible, you realize that's a, a man... <laughs> A mountainous statement. Abraham, you are blessed. I I am doing for you, Abraham, what I did back there at the beginning of the creation. And anyone who will listen to the revelation of God that you bring will be blessed with you. But everything waits for the day in which the one descendant you will have And through that one, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, that's a big statement. Of course, the descendant of Abraham spoken of is Jesus. And Father said that through Jesus, all families. Ah, come on. Come on, get with this. God speaks to you. I do assume you're a family of the earth. You're connected in some way to the families of this earth. Jesus, that's what Jesus is all about. He came to bring blessing to all families of the earth. Moses, after Abraham, very specifically outlined the blessing. And really, we don't have time to read it. It says, let me just touch on it here and there. It says, all these blessings shall come upon you that is, as a gift from above upon you, and as they come upon you, it says that they shall pursue you and overtake you as if this, this, what can I say? God's so excited to give this to you. He's like a pursuing hound, and he overtakes you to give you his blessing. It says, he, he will command the blessing upon you. Then he says, Blessed you shall be in the city. Blessed you shall be in the country. Wherever you live, doesn't make a difference. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body, the produce of your ground, the offspring of your beasts, the increase of the herd, the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket. That's when you go to the grocery store. And your kneading bowl, that's where you cook it. Blessed shall be you when you come in and go out. It's all there. Blessed. Blessed. That, that's, that's what God intends for us, that we should live in his blessing. And, and this is what Jesus has come to do for us. Jesus, he's the key to this. He, he's telling these disciples of a life that up until this point has been his alone. For even though Abraham was blessed. He didn't live in that blessing at all times. And if you know the story of Abraham, you know that. And and all through the life of these persons who had received the blessing, yet they never, I say received the blessing, they never took the blessing. They they never lived within its uh, boundaries. And, and, And there, as you come into the New Testament, The great sadness is that God bestowed blessing not only upon Adam, but he bestowed blessing upon Israel. And in every case, they moved away from it. They turned it down. 
But now Jesus comes, the one the Old Testament saw as the Messiah. Now, this is the neatest thing, that the Messiah was designated. You will recognize him and you will see that the Messiah is the blessed one. He is, that would be his designation. You would know the Messiah because he's blessed. Psalm 118, verse 25. O Lord, do save, we beseech thee. O Lord, we beseech thee, do send prosperity. Blessed, as a name of description, is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And we have blessed you, the blessed one, from the house of the Lord. Do you realize that's exactly what happened on what we call Palm Sunday? You see, the words, O Lord, do save, we beseech thee. Do save and do send prosperity. Do you know the Hebrew word for that? It's Hosanna. And so as Jesus came and they came out into the street and they shouted Hosanna, they were quoting, deliberately quoting, Psalm 118. They, they were saying, Lord, your salvation is here. Do it, do it. You're sending your blessing and prosperity. Do it. How do we know so? Because blessed is the one. We call this one on the donkey blessed. And he comes in your name to do your work. I mean, just let me read it. I, if you haven't followed me, Matthew 21, 9, the multitude going before Jesus and those following after were crying out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus said to Jerusalem, I say to you from now on, you shall not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is the blessed. Look, one definition of blessed means these great words, good words of joy and peace and power are spoken over you. Well, what happened when Jesus was born? The angel said, I bring you, well, I mean the old English, good tidings of a great joy, Plain English, I bring you good words spoken that describe a great joy. He said, the blessing of God has come, but the blessing of God has come in this one person. And Jesus called that blessing that he was, and he also gave as the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Jesus is the blessing how can I put this? I, I say again, you, you never think of Jesus as simply doing something for us or giving us something. So he doesn't give us a thing called salvation, which I guess then you, you've got to try and keep a hold of. Um, nor does he give you joy and he doesn't give you peace. Rather, he is it. Please get this. What he does for us is give us himself. He is the ultimate final human who is the love of God with us. He is the final joy. He is, he is in himself the final peace. And through his death and resurrection and giving the Holy Spirit he joins us to him so that we actually enjoy and move in his life. The same love the Father has for Jesus now is experienced by us. The same joy of Jesus is us, for we are one with him. I live, said Paul, yet not I, it's Christ who lives in me. Or again, for me to live is Christ. Do you get it? I'd like to reach through this screen and ask each one of you, do you get that? He doesn't give you a thing called salvation. He is your salvation. And united to him, salvation himself is your life. 
That, that's the gospel. He doesn't give you blessing. He doesn't give you joy as things that you have for a bit and then lose. No, He is your joy. You are united to Him and He shares with you His joy for He's united with you in your life and fills your life with His joy and His peace. This is the gospel. This is it. You see, we are containers. We were made to be containers. This is the new and real human race that we contain the glory of God in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that is so real, it's, it, he swallows up the container. So sometimes we forget that we're containers. The reality, he is our life. We don't have a separate agenda to him, and he doesn't have a separate agenda to us. We live together in life, and my life is his life, and his life is my life. I, I trust you, you've seen that, but if you didn't, just hang on, um, because over the weeks ahead we're going over that in great detail. But you see, we've got to understand this. That what Jesus is describing here is his life. This isn't just platitudes that he's throwing out into the air. Jesus lived this life. And he describes it as the most extreme blessing, joy, empowerment. And now he's giving it to us. He is the source of this. And we yield to him and receive of his life to become our life. Jesus is describing himself and calling us to join him in his life and live his blessedness. This, this is Christianity. I know it's a, it's a far cry from what some of us ha have experienced in the past, but today is the beginning of all days for you. Look, Take Ephesians 1. I mean, that is solid scripture that many people have read for these generations. Listen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. Who has, past tense, blessed us, this word, blessed us, with every, every spiritual blessing or blessing of the Holy Spirit, in the heavenly places, in Christ. That is, you are blessed because you're united to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit communicates all that Jesus is into my life right now. And he goes on to describe those blessings. The passion um, paraphrase, which is, if you don't have that, you should really get it. It's fantastic. And he translates this as, he has released grace over you impart total well-being into your lives. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift. Let, let, me, let me say this as clearly as I know how, that the, Jesus is God from God. He's not just a, a, a superman. He, he's not just a prophet, not even a great prophet. Jesus, the whole scripture says, is God who joined himself to our humanity so that he could be inside of our human and bring inside of our human all his love and light and blessing and in dying, he carried you and I to an end, to death, because we were so screwed up, so messed up, so broken, so empty. He doesn't patch us up. He recreated us in his resurrection. And for us now to live is to be united with him. That's final fact. That's not something you have to ponder over as perhaps it could be, should be, ought to be, might be. 
and certainly is not what many areas of religion would say that if you do this and if you do that and if you promise here and vow here and then you'll get that no he comes into us at our worst and he is himself the fullness of the blessing which he now lavishes is the biblical word lavishes that upon us so that he and we are one together that is so because you couldn't buy it you see he purchased that you couldn't manufacture that it had to be gift and Jesus is God giving himself to you and so you're listening to me you are blessed we're not trying to get remember this isn't a prescription it isn't that you've got to try and get there no this is the amazing description it is telling you to my stunned amazed ears this is who you are you are blessed in Christ Jesus and I want you the first opportunity you get to be still to be still from all the distractions of what's going on around you and not look at this as something outside of you but look up into it as this is your life and maybe you've been ignorant of it never thought about it gone on your way as if it wasn't true but let this be the reality for it is reality see yourself right now as one in whom Jesus Christ lives through the Holy Spirit and is the blessing and realize that it's your whole life he has given the blessing so now you say let it be and take it into every area of life and name those areas you might say you know the Virgin Mary in in this sense gave permission to the Holy Spirit to work his wonder in her womb then I'm saying do the same give permission to the Holy Spirit to reveal the blessing Jesus in every department of life beginning in your inmost person right through to your outermost work and possessions and hopes and dreams you are blessed and it's going to take us another seven weeks probably to go through this and discover well, maybe we never realized how that is so and how it works and the components of that. But I want you to begin right here from you are blessed. For the blessing comes from God alone and comes through Jesus Christ and is present in you through the Holy Spirit. Now, that's where we begin. It is so. And my part of that is to look straight up into the face of God Father's love with thanks and praise to Jesus and say, let it be. Let it be. Let it be from the minute I open my eyes through every twist and turn of the day, let it be. And, and as I sleep, let my sleep be in the arms of blessing. For I am a blessed person in Jesus Christ. That's the truth. And I'm going to leave you there because we've run out of time. But I just can't wait to get into these blessings or description of the blessed person. And see how our life is thus revolutionized. And so now the blessing of God, who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, embrace you, hold you, and open your inner eyes to see that you, one with Jesus the Christ, you are blessed with him and in him. And so I declare it true, for it is. Amen.